How many out there have thought that I don't know what to do? How am I going to do this? Where am I going to find help? Well, that was me. And my son has Batten disease, CLN8. I did not know what to do, did not know where to go, but I kept searching for answers. However, every day I saw my son get worse and worse from this debilitating disease. And as much as I had nothing but fear to go on, I continually searched for the answers to possibly save his life. And in that journey, I discovered that there are other people out there like me who need support, who just need a friend. That's where you are today, the Project Sebastian Podcast, where you too will find a community of support for all childhood diseases, where you'll be here, whether you're venting or just listening, sharing your stories on a podcast platform could be your new serenity. I know it was for me. So stay tuned. Coming up, another great story from the community of childhood disease. Thank you for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Project Sebastian podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Valona, director of Project Sebastian. And this is a show where we talk to individuals that have some sort of ailment or association or some sort of calling to the special needs community. That's right. I'm a dad, and uh, my son, Sebastian, is suffering from bat disease, which is a neurological fatal disease. And when you have that type of diagnosis, you freak the fuck out because you don't know what to do. You don't know how to help your child. You don't know where to go. And along the ways, you're searching for individuals to help you, to guide you to um, possibly save your son's life. And that could be in every type of spectrum from autism to Asperger's to Perthes disease to Batten disease to, you know, just some sort of disability. And today on the show, we have a new person from a company called eSight that I came across of about three, actually about six years ago, where we had tried on these electronic glasses. And Sebastian was, uh, I'd have to say, more than 50% blind during the day, uh, 100% blind at night because he's finally missing, uh, well, we finally found out he was missing some parts in his eyes. And uh, we tried on these glasses and he could see everything. It was incredible. Now, a few years transpired, but we just couldn't afford the equipment. It was very expensive at the time, being that it was brand new. And then we were able to fundraise over the last uh, few years, and we finally decided to try these new glasses. And we were able to purchase these glasses from eSight. And the one thing I wanted to tell you about eSight is that it's amazing. It's an amazing company because it comes with uh, not only the product that is awesome, but it comes with a support group uh, that is unmatched, in my opinion, in any type of retail or any type of service provider. And when I tell you that, it's like from the beginning where you sit down with someone that helps you understand what your child's needs are, all the way to having a coach forever. 
So along this journey, I met a lot of great people, not only from the owners of eSight, but all the coaches and all the people from billing to um, support and to helping me set up from uh, manuals to Zoom conference calls to FaceTime, whatever they needed. And once you pass all that stuff, they give you a person. Now, this person is your, I guess, accountability coach, helps you check in, helps you understand what problems you may have, takes care of the equipment if it breaks. And uh, today's special guest is Mr. Bill. How you doing, Bill? Doing, Chris. How are you today? I'm doing great. So, uh, Bill, I just led up to letting our listeners know about how awesome of a company that you're associated with. And uh, you are now, I guess, what you would call my son's uh, coach in the future. Can you describe a little bit about what you do for the eSight company that led us to have this conversation? Okay, yes. Yes, I'm uh, Sebastian's coach. Um, a coach's job is basically to get the client through the training, get them familiar. If it's a young child or a very elderly person, you're usually dealing with family members. If a very young child, you're dealing with the parents. Family, older family members, you're generally dealing with the, um, the children. And um, like you had just mentioned, um, I take care of all the technical problems, any issues, answering any and all questions. In a position like mine, you almost have to be one part coach, one part tech guy, one part psychiatrist. <laughs> dealing with people, it's not just a physical thing, it affects vision loss, affects you very personally. I have been legally blind for about 17 years, and I'm a user myself. And I just want to let me scroll left on you real quick, just a kind of a disclaimer. I do not work for eSight. Right. Um, I've been working with them three and a half years. I'm a user and I contract with them. It's very much a full-time job, but I'm not an employee of the eSight Corporation. That's great. Um, and forgive me, where do you want me to go right now <laughs> with this? <laughs> well, first and foremost, I just wanted to say from a, my heartfelt thank you from my family to you, Mr. Bill, uh, and all the team at eSight um, for helping us navigate uh, into a new world of, uh, one would say, new vision. Um, I was aware that uh, our guest today, Bill, is suffering from vision loss. And I think that what has really been the turning point with Sebastian and using this equipment is that actually having somebody that is not only a user, but can understand the challenges that come with not being able to see like we once did and having all of that emotion and that frustration build up. So, Bill, you've been an amazing support, and I appreciate you. Ah, thank you very much. Appreciate you guys. Well, that's awesome. So, um, obviously, you're, you're, you're very much in, involved in helping others and, and helping others in the special needs community. Um, I, I just wanted to ask you some questions about how you got to the place you were in your life. So, when you say that you've been legally blind for 17 years, can you tell us how that came to be? Yeah, sure. Um, before this happened, I had actually better than perfect vision. I had 2015 vision. I could see at 20 feet what most people could only see at 15. Um, I did everything physical, played sports growing up in the college. Um, I was a police officer. That's what I did for a living. I was retired. 
not because of my vision, just another issue. I I hunted, I rodeoed for many, many years, so I was doing all what you would call quote unquote guy stuff. Wow. Very very, very very physical, very vision oriented. Um when I retired from the police department I did several things and my last job was I was actually an emergency dispatcher for a sheriff's department uh, where I used to live. And I did that for five years. And then things started happening to me in 2001. I don't remember half of 2001. Um, I started sleeping during the day. My son was only two years old at the time. My, my eating habits, I, I was told I was eating like a raccoon out of a dumpster. Um, I was actually started drinking a lot and um, late for work to affect my attitude. Then my memory started going. Wow. Then my speech started getting really weird. And then my eyesight started going. And I first really noticed it. I couldn't see the cursor on the computer screen at my job. Wow. And then I noticed I was parking my truck taking up two spaces. I couldn't get it in between the lines when you're parking and uh, caused a lot of problems with my wife at the time. I've since divorced. Um, and I just couldn't, I, I couldn't drive. And I contacted my sister and I said, look, I don't think I can see well enough to drive anymore. Wow. She came over and looked at me and it's like, Oh my God, what's wrong with my brother? And you know, my, my, my wife had, you know, told me to go to the hospital several times. You know, I will give her that. And I just, no, I wouldn't go. And that's not me. If there was something wrong, I would go. So it's not like she wasn't concerned. I just refused to go. So I went to the doctors. They gave me all these vision tests. I failed them all miserably. Then they dilated my pupils to look at my optic nerve. And um, he said it was swollen. Someone's putting pressure on it. And I go, okay. I knew I was going blind, but I didn't care. So my sister took me down to Palm, Palm Desert to a specialist right then and there. They said the same thing. They set up an emergency MRI scan the next morning up in Victorville, where I lived in um, the high desert in California at the time. And so I went in, had that done, and I found out later that day that I had a massive tumor in the front part of my brain. Oh, wow. Now, and I was actually, the phone rang, and I was laying on the bed in the bedroom. I'll never forget this. I, I could hear my wife pick up the phone in the kitchen. I picked it up at the same time. I didn't say anything. And it was the place, and she, you know, they, well, you need to see a surgeon Monday. This was Friday. And she's begging them. They say, what's the result? What's the result? Because they know the results, you know, when they read these scans. And he finally said he has a massive growth on the front part of his brain. So I hung up the phone and I knew I was dead. I mean, I didn't think I was dead. I knew I was dead. And I laid there for about a half an hour and I almost came to peace with it. It's like, okay, my wife's a strong woman and she, she was a police officer at the time her, uh, as well. But I said, this is going to kill my little boy. And um, so it was, it was a long weekend and um, went saw the surgeon Monday. And um, went through what he was going to do. Says it doesn't look. It said it, it's in a menin, what's called a meningioma, which is almost ninety nine percent of the time always benign. 
Right. It was the shape of it was the shape of an egg. It was about seven point eight centimeters across. And it was putting pressure on my frontal lobe, which um, attributed to my behavior changes and no energy and stuff like that. But it was also crushing my optic nerves at the time, at the same time. So I went to Loma Linda University. Dr. Walter Johnson was a surgeon. They cracked me open, literally, took it out. I was in the hospital for three weeks. Um, first week, had horrible hallucinations. Um, I forgot how to talk, and that's what really scared me. Wow. I, and it took about a eh, day and a half. Speech therapist came in, and I'm like, now they can't shut me up. But, um, you know, I'd actually forgotten how to make words. And, um, and I, I was pretty much totally blind for the pressure, my brain was swollen because of the surgery. I mean, my face was black. It looked like I'd been dead. I was swollen. It was miserable. I felt like I was in the hospital six months. It was only three weeks. And um, then I came home, and it was kind of a bit of a slow process. And uh, about, I'd say, three to six months later, um, physically, I was, um, as far as strength and everything, totally back to normal. And I'm 100% healthy, strong. It's just my eyes are bad. And, you know, I went from doing all these things that I did to realizing, what the hell you mean I can't even drive anymore? And that was a shock. And, um, Mm-hmm. You know, I went through the denial. The first year was all denial. My vision's coming back. Then it came back. Then it came back. Then it came back. Well, it didn't come back. It got a little better, but it didn't come back. Um, I went through anger. I went through resentment, isolation. I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want to go out of the house. And, um, you know, I have to use a cane in public for the most part. And I remember the very first time I had to pop that cane out in public. I wanted to crawl into myself. It was like I couldn't move. And my wife goes, what's the matter? I said, I can't move. It was against everything I was raised to be. It was against everything I was. And that was very, very difficult. And it took a long time. It took about six months before I realized it was okay. No one's going to think I'm weak. They're not going to think I'm a target. They're not going to pity. Well, they may pity. I mean, you can't control what goes on in another person's mind. But I became okay with it with myself, and that was the main thing. Wow. So, Bill, it seems that you've had quite a bit of adversity in your life. You know, um, so you said you were married. How long were you married for? 26 years. Wow. And how old are you today? 54. You got how many kids? Just one. How I have you? a 20-year-old son. He's in the, currently in the Army wow. and Fort Polk, Louisiana, and he's doing outstanding. Well, we definitely appreciate him as well. And, of course, his brave service to the good people of America that allows us these freedoms to have this podcast today. So you give them our best too, would you, sir? 
Yeah. Hey, uh, just let me give a little shout out to him. My son's name is Gage Bussy. I'm proud of you, son. Uh, we love that name, Gage. My youngest son is named Gage, and he's going to be 14 here in June. Well, uh, Bill, I got to tell you, um, so you you went through like life, normal, happy. Were you doing anything um, before? What, what? So you didn't really have any type of, uh, I guess, well, I guess you did have it, where you had these warning signs and stuff like that, but you were just a stubborn man. You didn't want to go to the hospital. Do you think that had you listened to the beginnings of some of the symptoms and the the uh, beggings of your wife, do you think things would be different today? Oh, absolutely. Doctor said that if I would have been, if they would have, because my eyesight went the very last. I mean, it went bam. Yeah. And he said if I would have been in the if I would have been checked a month to a month and a half before that, I'd be driving today. And I can't dwell on that. I can't dwell on that. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not putting blame on anyone. Sure. The blame's on me. Sure. Um, not my wife, not anyone else. I made the decision not to go, although I wasn't in the normal state of mind then. But no one knew that. No one goes, hey, Bill's acting weird. Everyone's going, what's wrong with Bill? What's wrong with Bill? No one goes, oh, you know, I bet he's got a brain tumor. No. And I can't put that on anyone. That would be so unfair. So I can't think about that. I can't go back and change the past. That's so, just negative. You're spinning your wheels. And you're not going forward. I so I got, I can't dwell on that. I can't even think about that. I just got to think what's in front of me, not what I can't do, but what I can do. So when you were told that, had you got in a little bit earlier and removed the tumor, Congratulations on surviving that brain surgery, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, it probably made you feel like I could have done something different. And did that lead you down into this new arena of life? I mean, I know you said that you went through some challenges of divorce. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's subsequently from all of the issues that were coming from the, the, um, the tumor and the surgeries and stuff like that, right? hadn't even been a year mm-hmm. it was um just several months ago uh and, and that's a personal thing um i think had, it's people grow apart i mean um and my wife's name is julie my ex-wife um i still love her i always will um but people grow apart and a 26 years pretty good run yeah um <laughs> i don't regret it one bit we've got an amazing son um, but people grow in different directions. Now, did some of it happen because of me with my vision loss and just, of course, it, that happened to me. That changes people. I always like to say I'm the same person. I'm not the same person. Things are different. Everyone changes. Um, people deal with change differently. Um, I went through some dark, dark times. Wow. I mean, very, very dark times. Um, you know, or I don't even want to go back and revisit. But um, yes, I, I, I guess where you want me to go is far going forward. I, I tried to do everything that I used to do. I actually got back in the rodeo for a year. I, I team rope, calf rope, steer wrestle. But it's like, okay, there's guys that are 100% blind that still team rope. Um, I know how to team rope. So I entered, you know, three or four ro- 
rodeos and yeah, I didn't do that great. And um, it's way too expensive if you're not going to be competitive. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm, I'm very, very competitive. So I ended up unfortunately selling my rope horses and um, I um, was always um, very much into personal watercraft, you know, jet ski racing. Um, and we came out to Lake Havasu, where I now live. I just recently moved from Texas. And, um, but when we, we were coming out here several times, I could still ride. Yeah. You know, I could still see the shoreline enough. Other people in the water, I shut it down. But I do not want to hurt anybody. And, um, so I'm trying to do that. And I'm doing that. Oh, yeah, okay. So-so. But, you know, the independence was gone. The independence was, was almost totally gone. And, and then I started working in for um, a fitness company online and strictly over the computer and I'm listening to the radio and I heard about they actually had a commercial for eSight and I was actually listening to the Sean Hannity show and I heard about it several times but I was always so busy I didn't even think about it then I heard it again I went you know I'm slow so let me look up eSight on the computer and I found it I read about it a little bit, found a contact number, called in, did about an hour screening over the phone, and um, three months later, I had a demo in Austin, and a couple months after that, decided to pull the trigger and go through with it, and um, I got my first pair of Eastside classes. Wow. That's incredible. Then my, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Chris. That's, 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 uh, that's an incredible journey, just where you are today from a radio ad. I'm sorry, I missed the last thing you said. I said it's uh, it's 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 pretty crazy that you responded to a radio ad to where you are today. It's uh... <laughs> oh yeah, um, it was just it was a fluke. Yeah, yeah. So when you got the when you got the glasses, Bill, what did you think? What year was this, by the way? Oh God, you're gonna ask me that. Well, uh, because well, my I was... son was, just got the driver's license, and it was in the summer when he was 16. He was born in '99, so. Do the math, what? Uh, 99, 16, 2014? Okay. Yeah, that's about right, about 2014. Right, so that was the, the model with the big black VR shield <laughs> and the suitcase that controlled it, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> right. And what's interesting, about two months, two or three months after I got them, the company I worked for work went under. Mm. So it's like, okay, now what am I going to do? And, um, I mean, I was already retired. I mean, I, I have a retirement in the police department for the rest of my life, but you know, I'm young and you know, I'm, you know, I want to work, you know, I like that, you know, the extra money coming in. So I looked at a couple different jobs that didn't pan out and I, I called my coach with the site. Oh really? I said, Hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how did you get involved in this? He goes, Bill, I think you'd make a great coach. Well, who do I contact? He told me, and I sent an email, and I got an email back the next day, and about four days later, I had a phone interview, and about a month later, I was working with the company. That's awesome. So how long now have you been with the company? About three and a half years. I see. How many clients would you say you've helped along the way? Oh, I probably got over 300. 
you still talk to them? Um, every now and again, when you're assigned a coach, such as I'm assigned as Sebastian's coach. Right, right. Um, you're the coach for life. <laughs> I mean, I've had people come out of the woodwork, hey, Bill, this is Walt. How you doing? Okay. Give me a little help, Walt, too. <laughs> <laughs> I only have 55 I mean, Walters in my queue here. Which one are you? Yeah, exactly. Now, some people, I mean, like your son, Sebastian, I mean, I'll never forget. Um, but just some people, you've only, you'll only have maybe a couple or three training calls. They do very well. You never hear from them again. Some right. people, you hear from every week. Sure. And um, so it's just, it's just very diverse. I work with people. The youngest, I believe, was five years old, and the oldest was 103. Wow. And, and um, with all different forms of vision issues, um, some people, unfortunately, their vision loss is the least of their worries. I have people that have had multiple strokes. Um, I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on TV. Um <laughs> And different conditions, short-term memory disorders, um, Parkinson's, severe shaking, um, and unfortunately, some people I've dealt with, you know, you got to think in the back of their mind, there's no way they should have purchased this product. They, they don't have the ability, or they, unfortunately, so many people live by themselves, and they just have no, no way of really being able to manipulate certain stuff with the device, unfortunately. And it's like their grandkids forced them to get it or something like that. And it's, you know, then, then they wind up donating it to another, you know, needy, you know, prospective client. Sure. But the vast majority of the clients I have, you know, do exceptionally well. You get a very, very close bond with the majority of them. Just like I know you're, the, you're Sebastian's dad. You and I have a good rapport. Because it's very personal, am I right? Yes, I would agree with you. Hey, that was my chance to ask a question on this show. <laughs> you can interview me another time. Right now, our listeners are very interested in your story, Bill. So let me ask you something, Bill. You, you, you've had a lot of struggle, a lot of strife, but you've also had quite the amazing life. Um, um, dealing with the demons, um, a lot of the subscribers out there a lot of my listeners they don't they don't know but they're gonna know now i've been sober uh 22 years from drugs and alcohol and has uh received a, a second chance at life um a blessing to be a father uh, a husband at one time um grateful to be in this position today to help other people my question to you bill is like the frustrations what are your current frustrations? And, and tell us about how that affects your daily life. Frustrations. Um, well, the lack of certain types of independence, number one, uh, not being able to get in my truck and drive somewhere when I want to, where I want to. Mm. Um, independence. I, I live by myself now. Um, it's... I picked this location because, number one, I know the city. My folks are very elderly, and they live in this town. Um, walking distance from me, I can walk there. I, you know, if I need to go to the grocery store by myself, there's one across the road. My gym's around the corner. Post office, bank, if I need to physically be there, or just down the street, 
Um, there's sidewalks, there's crosswalks. The crosswalks are audible. They tell you when to go, when not to go, how much time you have to get across the street. So that's all very accessible. Uh, the frustrations. If I go out to eat to a restaurant or, or you know, sports grill, something like that, I'd like to go out and I try to get out once a week. Um, I mean, I don't want to be a hermit. And I know there's people around me. I can tell there's people around me. But I can't tell if someone's talking to me. I can't tell if they're really looking at me. Eye contact. Right. Mm-hmm. Eye contact. And and I'll tell you a little story. What, what made the one I will, my wife made it, said something to me that made it okay in my mind to use this cane in public. We're going to PetSmart. We're walking across the parking lot. And I got my cane. And I don't know if a lot of people know these sight canes. They're that like the type I have is broken into four pieces held together with like a bungee cord. So, right, you know, right. you unwrap it, yeah. you pop it, bam, it pops out and you right. fold it up. Right. Well, I was carrying it folded up and I was walking next to her through the parking lot. It was a sunny day. She goes, Bill, why don't you have your cane out? I went, well, I can see these cars. And by the way, I have almost zero color vision. Things are very, very dark to me. No peripheral whatsoever. And my depth perception sucks. Hmm. Um, and so I can see the cars parked here. I can see the, I can, I can tell where the lines are and I can see if one's backing up. She goes, yeah, Bill, but what you don't see are the looks on people's faces when they look towards you and make a gesture and you don't respond. Or if you're walking up to a set of stairs going down, stairs up, no big deal. Stairs going down, you start doing a shuttle step and you put your hand out in front of you reaching for a rail. People go, is that guy drunk? What's wrong with him? She goes, you don't see their, the looks on other people's faces. But if you got your cane out, they go, oh, this guy's not an asshole or anything like that. He just doesn't see. That made that okay. That made that okay in my, in my own mind. And, you know, one of the seven deadlies, I guess, is pride. I've got a ton of it, <laughs> which is also not a bad thing. Right. It is not a bit, you know. How you're presented, how you appear to people, and people go, well, that's just their perception. And I've learned in law enforcement and everything else in my life, in certain aspects, perception is reality. It's reality to that person that's perceiving you. And you're living in society, and you need to work within a society. I want people to perceive me in a positive, strong way. That's just me. That's always the way I've been. People are different. People, some people don't care how they look when they go out. I do. I care, you know, not that people are judging me, but you know what? Everyone judges people to a degree whether they want to admit it or not. So I kind of squirreled on you on that one. But no, frustration, no, it's, it's, it's just, that's how I live. It's That's frustrating. Um, you know, little things that, you know, I see the humor in. But get frustrated when you drop something or you miss something or you got two pieces of paper and you're writing something down on one paper and then you realize, oh, it was held over another piece. I only got half a a number here or something like that. Unless I knew the restaurant, not being able to read the menu. Now that, you know, with Eastside, quite often, you know, when I'll go, I'll I'll have my Eastside with me and do I eat with it? No. Um, 
But I take it, want to read menu, okay, cool. Take it off, put it down, and uh, go about my evening. It, it's a device, it's a tool, it's a good tool. Um, I use it hours a day when I work, go through the mail, pay my bills and stuff. But as far as frustration, out in public with menus, being around a lot of people, I tend to get a little claustrophobic when I never used to. I love being around a ton of people. The more, the better. Sometimes, depending on the situation, it's just a little much for me, sure. especially if I don't know a lot of people there. Well, I, I mean, I see, I see the the similarities in my son, who is uh, going to be sixteen here, um, and yeah, it it, it definitely um, his loss of vision has really affected him emotionally, physically, spiritually. Um, he almost seems defeated except when he puts on those glasses and he can see things, but, uh, um, truly an amazing device and it actually makes, um, a difference. And it sounds to me like it's made a difference in your life too, Bill. It, it has. I, I look at things a lot different. Um, not nearly as cocky as I used to be. <laughs> yeah, um, all men have to work on that. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think it really helped because I went through so many times. It's like, you know, sometimes you wake up and I, I generally have a really good attitude, but Hey, I'm not going to lie. Some days I wake up going, why me? You know, you know, why the hell does this happen to me? Sure. And, and I keep saying, I keep wondering why this freaking happened. And the only thing I can think of is my son grew up with a dad with vision problems. He doesn't remember when I was driving him around and stuff. All he knew is dad has bad eyesight. And he has grown up so tolerant. And I, and I noticed that when he, he's been in contact with kids with special needs, um, just in just social situations, we just been somewhere, and elderly people. And he is so polite and respectful. And I think that has definitely had an effect on him in a very positive way because you can be affected positive or negative and that's made him a better young man i fully believe that in my heart it's like you know if that's the reason that this happened to me to help my son i'm good with him well yeah well they always say that uh whether you believe in a higher power or the the bible or jesus christ or any type of entity or spiritual guru it, always comes down people say this they always tell me this they say i don't think i was given anything lightly i think that they give me these challenges because they know i'm strong enough to handle it so um as people have known my story and you've certainly known about me bill um yeah i i wake up cursing angry frustrated a lot because i don't want this for my son um so i can only imagine so we we do what we got to do we either Either it's it's the old adage, either fight or flight, and I ain't going anywhere, so I got to fight. But um, I do appreciate the candid um, background about you, Bill. I know it's a little bit challenging to share that with the million people that are listening right now, and uh, we appreciate your story because I, I honestly believe that when we share our strife, whether it's in a public, social media, or just in conversation, we have the opportunity to get something back, even if we don't want it. And that's helping somebody else say, hey, me too, 
I felt that way. I went through that. And can we continue to have a discussion about that? And that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast. It's very cathartic for me. It's uh, it's my my own therapy, although I I do uh, have a sponsor in AA and I do have a licensed therapist that I talk to. But for me, sharing the podcast and talking to others and listening to your stories, it helps me understand um, that the world is a lot better place with people like you in it, Bill. And uh, I do appreciate you helping my son and being part of the eSight team. Well, Chris, thank, I mean, you're doing a great job. I mean, hats off to you. Um, you know, you got a lot on your plate. You really do. Um, I consider myself very fortunate. For the very first time in the last few years, I consider myself very fortunate um, to have what I have. Yeah. To have what I have. Well, I'm, um, I'm, very, I'm very happy to have uh, met you. I uh, appreciate you taking this time to be on the Project Sebastian, uh, Project Sebastian, the podcast. Can't talk. It is Easter Sunday, and um, what a way to discuss um, such an inspiring story. Um, listening to you, Bill, it just it's putting a smile on my face. I mean, this is exactly what the Project Sebastian podcast is all about. You know, sharing stories. Um, you know, where you'll find a community of support in all your childhood diseases or just regular adult diseases such as blindness and other ailments that you discussed. And I really do appreciate you. And I was wondering, is there anything you got going on, anything you got coming up, anything you want to talk about that you could uh, help people deal with some of the issues that you've talked about? Um, nothing really going on. I mean, in my personal life, well, I mean, are you part of any charities you want to give a shout out to? Do you got any uh, suggestions, um, you know, anything to help people get better? Well, in most states, I don't, I think every state has them. There's the um, the Lighthouse. This is regarding vision issues. Okay. Lighthouse for the Blind. Uh, some will be National Institutes for the Blind. They offer programs where... They can assist in getting people back to work, assist in getting them devices, whether it be a CCTV computer with low vision software, low vision keyboards, um, anything to do with that. They are a huge um, contact um, resource. That's the word I was looking for, a huge resource. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen overnight. The wheels of um, <laughs> government turn kind of slow. But um, they are a very, very good resource to contact if someone does have vision issues. And it always surprises me that um, so many people with vision issues don't know anything about it. Right. Well, it's it's hard to find support in a lot of different ailments of this life. Um, so is is it just is it lighthouse.org or .gov or what's the website? That I do not know. If someone just would Google up um, – <laughs> Lighthouse for the Blind or uh, Institute for the Blind, sure. and like like Institute like it's like Institute for the Blind, Lake Havasu, Arizona. Okay, they would give you the closest things, and that would just be the way to um, to research that. I see. And um, what do you think about people having a opportunity to sit down with a low vision specialist at Esight? I, I 
Thank you, Jagremi. If someone's interested in, you know, going forward and stuff, sitting down. Now, are you referring to... Okay. Um, you mentioned that, what do I think about people sitting down with, like, a low-vision person like me? Well... With eSight? Right. So, the way I came across eSight was I was uh, on the internet where you sign up on the website to have, like, a type of, like, experience to test the glasses and stuff like that, um, which is an amazing opportunity for anyone who's trying to find a way to see whether you have macular degeneration or low vision issues. Um, right. Oh, yeah, that, that is great. And that, that, that's been around not too long with our company. Um, kind of gives you a, a time to actually physically use it and see how you think it's going to work for you. Um, you know, it's a hand, it's, it's a definite hands-on thing. They're talking to a professional that is, you know, an expert in the field of not only the device, but with low vision. And, um, I think that's a great opportunity. Yes. It's a, it's tremendous. And by the way, if you're listening still out there, this is, um, one of the great many, uh, support systems that will lead you into, your personalized lifetime coach, such as Bill, after you get the uh, the actual equipment. And I'm happy to say that uh, Project Sebastian has partnered up with eSight um, to where if you go on projectsebastian.org and then you hit the eSight banner and you click on for your appointment, you're going to talk to an operator and you just tell them Project Sebastian sent you and you'll get 10% off of your next purchase which is a fantastic thing that the company is doing. And uh, we're happy to have them on the show as a sponsor. That's outstanding, Chris. And if I, can I say one thing to whoever may be listening out there right before we go? Of course, go ahead, sir. Just what I've learned this is, and I, I believe this is very true, is that life is about 10% about what just happens to you and about 90% on how you deal with it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we all have to hone in our reactions and how we, we handle life, and you're absolutely right. It builds character. We're able to have more empathy today for others that used to uh, upset us, and uh, it really does reduce a lot of our anger and resentment. So you're absolutely right, sir. You're absolutely right. Well, Bill... Uh, we've run out of time. I wanted to say thank you so much for joining us today on the Project Sebastian podcast. Uh, we look forward to the playback. And uh, if you have any other questions for Bill, um, you can always message me here at projectsebastian.org and send us a message. And we'll get you in touch with uh, the eSight company if you wanted to go that route or if you wanted to speak out to Bill or send him any type of a kudos, please feel free to go to www.projectsebastian.org today and click around and see what you can find on about Batten disease. And if you have any other people out there that are wanting to come on the show to share their story, how special needs has affected their life in and out of childhood and into adulthood, you can always message us at the same address at projectsebastian.org and we'll get right back to you as soon as we can. So Bill, we appreciate you. Happy Easter, my friend. I appreciate Happy Easter to you too, and keep up the good work with Project Sebastian. 
we're going to keep trying, man. We're not going anywhere. We're going to help a lot of kids. And uh, thank God for you and Esight for helping us get through the journey a little bit better. So I appreciate that, sir. Hey, you're very welcome. My pleasure. Okay. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Project Sebastian podcast. Keep on listening, people. And don't forget to like, share, and donate today. We like to keep this podcast going as much as you can. You can either click in the monetize section up there on the Anchor app, which we're now uh, affiliated with. But you can also catch the show on many different platforms, such as Stitcher, um, Spotify, and iTunes, just to name a few. I think we're on 12 different platforms right now. So thank you very much, and we'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you for stopping by.